Welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. Before we get into this week's episode, I, of course, as always, want to thank my patrons, Rob, MJ, and Case. You, too, can get a shout-out at the top of the show by going to patreon.com slash Stormageddon and giving at the $5 level, though giving at any level is a really huge help to me in growing this and my other podcasts. So, again, patreon.com slash Stormageddon. Uh, but enough of that. Uh, first interview of the brand new year of 2020 and it is a doozy i have the incredible case aiken on the show he is a podcaster actor writer and uh as far as multi-hyphenate goes uh pretty damn talented i've been wanting to have him on the show for a while he is one of uh my fellow podcasters on the certain point of view network which my other three podcasts are on um and so without further ado i'm very excited to present my chat with the incredible case aiken And yeah, so like this, I just, I'll stitch it together and decide how much I do or don't want to keep of our preamble because I just, I like to get people talking, as you well know, just to make sure. Yeah, uh, yeah especially for a show like this where it's like, let, let's have a conversation. Let's have a nice time just sort of talking about like what interests us, you know, maybe something good comes out of the preamble. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We should definitely be relaxed. For sure, yeah. And I mean, I've had guests who were nervous and weren't relaxed, which is fine, too. Like, I know how to navigate that, but it's definitely more fun with people that I have either a repertoire with or who are just normally comfortable with talking to strangers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I don't have to include this part, but you can send me more files if you want. I'm hoping to this weekend edit uh, this Obviously, because it comes out on Tuesday, and then also edit the last thing you already sent me previously, the Doctor Who movie. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to send me the next round of however many, that works for me. Yeah, I've got one that is, uh, it's unfortunately just one Omni in the room uh, for three mm-hmm. of us talking, and I listened, and you might have to, uh, I mean, don't kill yourself if, uh, you know, but there's definitely one person who's like a little bit quieter, like there, there's definitely like a tier of loudest medium and and quietest in that one uh okay so. yeah it's hard it's difficult when when they're all on one track yeah i um, i know and that's why i'm like don't don't worry about it that much but just yeah as a heads i'll take up. a look and see what i can boost because i mean like if they i've done before like if someone has chunks of conversation i'll uh i'll like pluck those pieces and make them separate tracks and boost them a bit sometimes like i'll just snip them out mm-hmm. but uh but if it's like a lot of overlap and inter- and like uh intermingling conversation it's harder to do that yeah yeah I, the, I, I, yeah i mean definitely when it's one track it's it's a much more difficult process to do anything rather than having separate people <laughs> with separate audio right literally doing anything with yeah. multiple, and like i don't i don't mind having multiple tracks i've gotten used to editing that but it, yeah definitely solo tracks unless you're in the same room with someone and the same distance from the microphone and the same volume it does tend to get tricky yeah my trick when I only have one guest in the room with me is I will push the microphone closer because I am loud as hell. So, like, I will err on the side of they'll probably be too quiet. And then if they also end up being loud, it usually just ends up matching my volume. <laughs> so uh, that that's worked out pretty well. Um, I, I appreciate you stepping in as a last-minute guest, though I've wanted to have you on to talk about 
everything for a while now. But it's also one of those things, I kind of said the same thing to Hans when he was on Screen Snark. It's like, I know you're good for it. So, like, I know when I do something like this where I'm like, hey, are you free for an hour tonight so we can record this thing at the last minute that I didn't think about? Uh, yeah. I, I knew you'd be a good Hail Mary for that. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that early on where it was like, yeah, I mean, like, you just did Ben and Addy, and it's like, yeah, sometime, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no video for this podcast, but you have video, so I can see you're wearing it. It's a slap t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just been my bum around the house t-shirt for this weekend. Uh, I mean, you have a certain POV shirt for every day of the week at this point, At this you? point, yeah. Uh, well, especially because I have two <laughs> versions of Reignite. Uh, I have yeah. the light and the dark side version. Uh, yes. <laughs> or Paragon Renegade. Uh, <laughs> uh, I needed to come up with uh, others because, like, I so I've got notes for, like, let's rewatch uh, t-shirt designs, even though they're not affiliated with us in any way. But I have nothing <laughs> for another pass. Yeah, and like, it, it, like you would think that'd be a no-brainer since that show's been around so long. Uh, yeah, the only thing I could think of is next time we're talking about Highlander two, the quickening. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could do like a very kind of cartoony version of um, Christopher Lambert, like maybe holding a lightsaber or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so I'm really happy to have you on the show for those who haven't figured it out by now or didn't pay attention to what they were clicking on or their podcast happens to be on autoplay. I am talking, of course, with the incredible Case Aiken of certain POV, acting, writing, and uh, has too many podcast fame, which is there's not a lot of other people I can say that to at this point. So, Yeah, we are definitely birds of a feather uh, or nerds of a feather, as it were. Yeah, um, and what's what's funny about it is, is like slowly others are catching up, though not on the network. Um, for those who don't know, I have three net- three other podcasts that aren't this one on the uh, certain POV network, which Case is also a part of, um, and was my introduction to the network through our mutual friend Jeff, who does a video game show with me. But Case now has three shows on that network as well. Um, and you're talking about making another one at some point with MJ, a narrative one. So like you're, you're coming from my title of too many podcasts. Yeah. I mean the, the one with MJ, uh, it's, that's more just because she and I were talking about how we both liked, uh, having like narrative stuff. And like, I in college had written some radio pieces. I've written a lot of stuff about like old time radio shows. Like that's a big area of like niche nerddom that i have like I, I was a big fan of the shadow big fan of like the old time superman show the saint with vincent price uh so like years ago i'd like written a crossover script between superman and the shadow that i i knew was never gonna like be a thing because it's you know a licensed property for characters from the 40s uh but when we started talking about it i was like well i could file off the serial numbers and i've got other stuff we could use so for me, it's just been like rewriting things that I wrote back when I was more creative than I am now. Um, and the, it was like, MJ, you, you're, you're on top of things. <laughs> like, can, can I tag along and be like, here's some stuff I already did? Uh, so I got to nice. give her the props. Like she's the she's the creative push on that one. Uh, I mean, yeah, I get that. Uh, Reignite wouldn't exist without MJ. Like, I was always of the mind of like, yeah, sure, that's a thing we could do sometime. And then when we started it, around that time, she was like, so that thing we said we were going to do, here's my plan. Here's what I want to do. This is how I want to break it up. So when can we get started? And I'm like, uh, oh, um, okay, sure, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we need um, those people because you and I are not those people. No, I used to be when I, you know, had hopes and dreams and wasn't tired all the time. Oh, yeah, um, we fit that role. Like, when I stage manage a show, 
I've got a binder. I've got everything like laid out because I'd like, I know that's the job. Like I'm there to actually have an organized file, but when I am directing the show, I'm saying stage manager, write this thing down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the same. Like uh, for autographs, I mean, it's become a more casual show over time, but like in the beginning, it was very much like I was booked out months in advance. I was pre-recording and banking stuff. And I, I get to that when I can, but now with three other shows, it's kind of like, like, unfortunately, uh, because of also my co-hosts who are of a like mind of mine, Screen Snark and, and Funny Games will never have banked episodes ever because <laughs> I love my co-hosts, especially my co-host for Funny Games. And I would say this to his face. Um, but he is a, a, a ridiculous flake who I love, who's much better lately, I must admit. But like, because of how busy we both are also, like with legit reason, he's working on a ton of different productions and other things and acting and stuff. Like the the, the hope to get ahead of that is just, it's just not going to happen, which is fine. Because honestly, it helps uh, keep a show like Funny Games more current events-y, even though the goal is not to match up with things that are coming out. We can still tie it back to releases if we time it right, which is not so bad. Um, Screen Snark is just a cacophony of ridiculousness that is a miracle that it actually happens, and that's fine too. Fair, fair. I, I was going to say, like, because Fun and Games is sort of, it, it, while it's not news, it is of the of the time. It's like what's striking you guys at that moment. Um, so it's usually like not the a conversation, not the not the point that like comes immediately from a thing, but the like the tangents that you go off on from that and not tangents in like a negative, like uh, just like like non sequitur kind of thing, but like the, right. Oh, well there, there's all this talk about red dead redemption. Let's talk about the, the side part of that, like the underbelly, the, you know, talking about uh, the overworked employees or things like that. Like yeah. that. So it's, it's topical, but it's not, it's not news. And right. I think that's it's, really it's still good, evergreen. It's a really good choice uh, because, but yeah, because people don't need to be super up to it, but it also means that uh, it does feel fresh every time it comes out. Well, yeah, I mean, something I decided on pretty early, and I can actually thank my former co-host, Steve, who helped host the music podcast, is that it was his idea to have as much evergreen discussions after the album reviews as possible, because then people can just tune in for that thing. And when going into a new podcast, like I have a ton of podcasts I listen to for gaming news and reviews. And honestly, like I love them so much, I couldn't even begin to try and compete. And so when me and Jeff were talking about this show, it just made sense to make more evergreen content. I mean, saying that, like talking about your shows to shift it back onto you and your podcasts, um, the two newer shows, well, I guess not newer, but like the newest show for sure, Super, the Superman show you do, Men of Steel, um, is absolutely something that's designed to be evergreen for the most part. Like when movies come out that are either analogs of Superman or Superman himself, you do cover it. But for the most part, you're just looking back at Superman's history and going, hey, here's a thing. Let's talk about it. Was that yeah. always the goal for that? Uh, yeah, because the like the impetus for it, besides just wanting to talk about Superman, because I feel uh -huh. like it uh, is not as as popular a subject as it used to be um like the the real impetus was that uh ben milton and addy thomas would make fun of superman all the time uh, <laughs> especially behind the scenes when we were recording scruffy nerfers uh but yeah like ben milton and addy thomas would just like make fun of superman while we were filming scruffy nerfers or just any kind of project and j mike and i would always just be like her that's 
that's not fair. We need we need our own sounding board. And so it was kind of launched as that like like that opposite side of the coin. Um, and, and it was just sort of like, yeah, let's let's just have those same fun conversations we would have had in high school or wherever, where it's just like, I like this story. Fuck. Yeah, that's a good story. And just chat about it for, you know, an hour ish uh, each time and then move on to a different thing. So we, we've talked about current movies, but we've also talked about old movies. We've talked about just like eras of Superman and specific comic books. We've talked about, uh, you know, random characters. We uh, we came up with a format where J. Mike is quizzing me on uh, like more obscure characters, uh, which has been really fun. And we, we just dropped a new one of that. Uh, and we're hoping to have like people come on and be like, yo, talk about this, you know, to like, just like spontaneously throw out character ideas. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I've really enjoyed the format of the show. I'm looking very much forward to when I finally see Shazam, because it's now on HBO, to go back to your episode from, like, last year in the middle of the year when the movie came out and actually finally listen to it. Um, it's still in my queue. But, like, also for me as someone who was on the Ben and Addy Who Cares About Superman bandwagon, um, I do have some love for the character, as we've talked at length in previous, and I've called you out on multiple podcasts at this point. I love the Superman animated series, and I love Tim Daly. And so, like, when we eventually get to recording that episode, which I know we will, at this point you're probably holding out out of spite on me. Um, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, is, like, I always loved that version of Superman, right? And, like, the Justice League, the unlimited version of Superman, because I enjoyed... Bruce Tim and I enjoyed those cartoons. So even though I didn't really necessarily like Superman, I liked that. And so, but because of you and J. Mike talking about Superman and more recent stuff and, you know, older stuff and older comics and like the radio show, which I love to, to watch, or the old black and white show, rather, when I love to watch. So like those things have kind of given me a reappreciation of some of Superman's past because it's very easy with the modern interpretation of Superman, especially Henry Cavill's movies, not as much to his fault. It's very easy to hate Superman now because there's just not been a lot of quality. Um, but if you really look, there's still a ton of stuff. And this podcast has been a great way for me to discover a lot of that. Yeah, I think that's the, the most exciting part of it, which is that there is so much stuff. Uh, like, I own the, like, the DVD special collection that they did after Superman Returns came out. And I, ha like, I realized I hadn't actually watched the Donner cut of Superman 2, which you know, it was a huge thing when it came out. And I was just like, oh, I, you know what? There, I, I just never had time. And I was like, oh, yeah, nah, I'm going to watch it because we're going to talk about it at some point. And, uh, you know, there's the old TV shows that uh, the DC Universe app has been great for us because we have access to all this like random material, uh, such as the New Adventures of Superman cartoon from the 70s, which I didn't even realize was its own thing uh, until I was like looking through and it's like, oh, that's what that thing was called. I thought it was just like a weird spinoff of Super Friends. Like, <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Like there, there's so much material to go and to go and find because the character is so old as far as like modern concepts of like pop culture go. Yeah, and when I, I would say it's safely he's one of the top three superheroes, right? Like him, Batman, and Spider-Man are probably the most popular within the popular culture. Um, there are other superheroes that are better or worse, whatever, but like I think the three of them are pretty ubiquitous, ubiquitously known at this point. Yeah, like I sometimes get into this conversation of like, so how popular is Superman the comic book character? Because I feel like pop culture Superman is huge. Like everyone knows yeah. the basics. Um 
to the point where, like, oftentimes shorthand for, oh, we're going to do a superhero version of X, Y, or Z character, like Doug Funny when he's dreaming, or Bugs Bunny when he does, you know, some shtick about uh, what he would do if he had superpowers. They they take iconography from Superman and appropriate it as a way of being like, yep, that's superhero as a general concept. Uh, but, like, the comics have had, like, all kinds of ups and downs. It's had you know, turns of creative teams that have been lauded and those who that have been lambasted. Uh, currently, Brian Michael Bendis, who is a writer I have a lot of weird feelings about, is the writer and is doing a lot of interesting stuff. Um, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of what he's doing, despite the fact that I don't love everything he's touched. Um, right. But, and like, that's causing a sales bump. But like, who, you know, I, and I, I have consistently had Superman books in my, like, my pull box at comic book stores, uh, or at least like Superman characters. Like I used to, I used to be a huge fan of the, uh, the Carl Kiesel and Tom Grummet, uh, Superboy run from the nineties. Uh, so that was like my gateway into like the larger Superman family, but I'm not sure how many people are really buying it, but he's got a lot of books. He's got more books than most characters like that are like quote unquote Superman books, as opposed to him showing up in a thing. So you know, I'm just always curious, like, what are the real numbers? Like, I'm sure you could find it. Um, and how many of those people, like, how much of that sale is people just looking for, oh, this is what the comic books that are coming out are, you know, like, uh, like dentists for their, like, living, or, like, their waiting rooms or stuff like that, um, versus, like, actual big fans that are reading the story arcs as they go. Um, and I'm curious, and I, I w- would love to, to see it, because I feel like for a character to support that many books... He's got to have that like that 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 seed of popularity that uh, you like you don't hear talked about a lot because like fucking everyone loves Batman and the Joker and <laughs> and, and like Wonder Woman now with like, uh, you know, especially with the, the recent movie. That's a big thing. And Spider-Man, people love spider iconography. And you can combine like your nerdy superhero stuff with like sort of like a more goth thing with like spider webs and like, you know, like a little bit of horror elements or, or obviously Batman has the same thing. Um, and like Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and all, you know, like with the movies are really popular now. But like Superman, like like is well known by like people who uh, are into the S and like you can buy that merch. Uh, but I don't see a lot of people going like the next step, you know, like I feel like right. it, it's just, it's a little bit less um, of a point of pride uh, in his fandom. Uh, and it's rare to see someone who's like a big uh, promoter. And so I want to, I want to be that. Cause I, I feel like if other people join with me in that conversation, then we'll all get really excited and enthusiastic. And I think the best part about like the property is that uh, in the end, if we're all like, it doesn't need a, a villain for it to be good. It can also just be about a guy doing the right thing and us all being really excited about that. And eventually we'll all find our way into the sun. And like, that's like a cool concept. For sure. Yeah. I, when the podcast was still in its early days, I recommended it to a friend of mine, um, because he he was just a diehard Superman fan on a level I'd not seen before. Like he had different Superman T-shirts, but like one was the classic S, one was the S from the Black and White show, one was the S from the old animated show. Oh, that's like, awesome! Clear, clearly, like he had a shirt for every day of the week, more or less, and more. And so, like, and they were all mostly just the Superman logos with different coloring based on whatever version of Superman it was. And so, I definitely sent him the link once you guys started the show because I was like, this is a man who will, if not appreciate the entire show, will at least appreciate what the show is doing and listen to some of the episodes. Um, 
And it's funny, too. I feel like we're at a point now in culture where podcasting. So I made this joke the other day is like podcasting is now uh, our generations. Do you want to start a band is do you want to start a podcast? Because I feel like everyone either is doing one or wants to do one. Um, It's way more accessible. When I first started back in my day, um, there were more hoops to jump through for starting a podcast. But now with all the different hosting sites that make things easily available and like easy to upload and like you know like i'm still doing um the uploads for autographs through like a file management program and like an ftp server whereas like everything else on the certain pov network it's all through libsyn it's all done in the background like it's oversimplified to a great degree and so it's it's really interesting to see how many people are doing podcasts and how easy it is to start new ones. And your act your your background is sort of radio, but you also did a lot of theater and and uh, acting and writing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I always say that I am the worst audio engineer of the CPOV family. Um, <laughs> like, like I'm just not an audio editor. That's not that has never been where like my interest was. Uh, uh-huh. I always liked radio, and I wrote like I said, I wrote radio stuff, but. Uh, it like music is not as uh, integral to my life as it is for some people, such as, such as yourself. Like, um, it, it like I, I I didn't really think about music until I had a car and like it was like <laughs> riding with the radio on. I was like, oh okay, I'm thinking about these bands. Um, it just wasn't like my my key area of focus. And right. Uh, so when I when I got through college, I in college I started. Uh, dabbling with like video editing editing software um and a lot of that was doing like like music videos like uh anime music videos because i was a big dragon ball z fan and uh pretty much every song ever made has had a dragon ball z music video made to it and i was like i think there's like three or four that haven't been i'm gonna do them so i did beat it by michael jackson uh (laughs) oh my god are these available online like Uh, on the youtubes that one definitely is not uh or at least it's not 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 by a version that was hosted by me. Uh, this was well pre YouTube and a few computers before we got to that point because I had some crash issues in college. Uh, yeah, so I don't think that one's available. There is stuff that I've edited available for my old uh, my old YouTube account, which is a Quetzalcoatl Five. Uh, nice, and that's like I've got like Conan the Barbarian, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, synced up to uh, to Faint by Lincoln Park or uh, <laughs> I Collapse by Eminem. Uh, set up to the fight between Achilles and Hector in Troy, which I was actually stand by as being, I'm very proud of that one because I got all <laughs> these like flashbacks to their encounters leading up to the fight, but the actual like mm-hmm. frame of the fight or the fight is the frame of the song. Uh, and it's all about Hector trying to stand up to Achilles. Uh, That's amazing. And I'm going to find it. <laughs> I'll send you the uh, link. We, we, we can put excellent. it in the doobly-doo in the show notes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but, so- but yeah, so I, I like started with, like with video editing because I had uh, I was a film minor and I was trying to become a screenwriter because uh, I saw that as the easier uh, goal to explain to people than being like and someday I'd like to write comic books uh, <laughs> like that at, at the time it was like yeah yeah I'll, I'll try to go and do like film stuff and so I I, uh, I I would like edit videos for that I I started to teach myself how to do camera work and Photoshop and Photoshop I I really took to uh, camera work I am okay at um, and I did like a, a bit of videography work when I first moved to New York um, and then just tried to like shoot some YouTube series and uh, decided I'm not a big fan of video editing it's it's a lot of time on projects and it takes a long time to really feel like you have an outcome. Uh, 
like I'll do it. I, I'm sure that I'll I'll come back around to it at some point in my life. But I got burned by a few too many projects that either were half filmed and then I could just never finish it because we didn't have the footage and I could never get the actors, or uh, ones that I just got burned out by like too much demand professionally. Um, but like that's where I had like a little audio experience because like, you have to like do the audio for the video you're working on, uh, and then flash forward to years later, I'm helping out or like I'm helping out with a Star Trek fan film and I come like I've, I've moved back to the Maryland area at this point and Ben Milton asked me to come on the podcast to promote it. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah. Podcasting. I like podcasts. Podcasts are fun. <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts since like Smodcast and like all the CNET, like tech podcasts back in like 2008. Cool. Cool. And then um, very slowly I started like helping out and uh, eventually had my own like spinoff shows. And that's where I like actually had to like, learn kind of how to do it but as with everything it's been like learn by doing and i'm sure there's some like glaringly obvious like beginner's mistakes that i just have never taught myself how to do (laughs) yeah but like in the modern tech era like that's how you learn right like i became a pretty good audio engineer and that's not because of the one college course i took that was barely a college course like it's because I started a podcast with two knuckleheads who definitely didn't know anything about editing. Well, that's not true. One of them did. And he ended up taking over the editing because he was so obsessive. But, like, he taught me a lot, too. And so now my my meticulousness with editing only comes from doing it as long as I have. But also that said, as you know, having been a guest now, I think, on every show I've done... Right? Yeah. This yeah, will I be the last is, show. This is the hat trick. The, this is the hat trick. Um, you'll know that all of my shows, for the most part, are really conversational because I don't want to edit that much. Um, and also, I think it just breeds a better conversational environment. But that said, like, like listening to Another Pass, which is your movie rewriting podcast, I guess is the best shorthand. Um, and you can explain a little more. That one depending on the conversation requires a lot of editing or not, not because of how the conversation goes, but more because there's a flow to the conversations because you don't shorthand your podcast. You let people talk. If people talk for two hours, it's a two hour episode that you might cut down a little, but for the most part, like you, you like the length of conversation. You don't mind long windedness in it. Uh, Yeah. I I have uh, cut out stuff on that show because it was too tangential Uh, I've cut out stuff where, I mean, obviously there's technical issues that pop up uh, and because, uh, because I sort of let people, uh, let people go and and I myself go, well, you know, on on long tears, uh, I try to cut down as much of the gaps in between or uh, the, the time it takes to like get to your actual thesis. You know, if someone has to like say a couple of times a thing to get what their actual point is, I'm happy to let them do that. And then I'm also happy to take them out or take out all those attempts so that they can sound as concise and uh, knowledgeable as possible because I want everyone to sound good uh, when we do it. So I I try at least to to make it crisp and clean and easy to follow um, while at the same time not preventing my guests or myself from being able to, you know, you know, fire off the cuff. Yeah, I mean, what I also love about another past, especially the recent run of episodes. Um, first of all, some of the more recent episodes have been so well edited; it's pristine. It's, it's crazy. Just it's just like they. It's like some uh, avatar of of mental energy has taken over uh, where my hands used to be, and now it's just 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 done well, as opposed to what I, ever I was doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm making jokes because I'm helping Case edit another pass at the moment. Um, but what I wanted to say, actually, though, about episodes even before I came on to help help you out with that, because you do a great job editing, too, is like even when you've made mistakes or when you've uh, misjudged something, if it can be played for comedy or for better discussion, you leave it in. Like the fact that you have three episodes with Brett and Sam of Let's Rewatch because literally the first one was both of you came together with the wrong movies still talked about one of those movies and then did the episode you set out to do like i think that like i was it helps that i know these folks uh if you don't know the let's rewatch podcast which you should um it's a a wonderful group of folks who rewatch movies that are at least 10 years old or older to see if they hold up and they do it live on the show to a degree they record pre-watching the movie pause together watch the movie and then get back on the horn right away and record their reaction. And it's it's brilliantly done. But um, knowing Brett and Sam and knowing the kind of delightful, sweet humans that they are, the fact that you guys got so far in before the, the mistake was realized and you just kept it all, I think, I think that's brilliant. That's why I come to podcasting because it's genuine. It's real people. You know, and you play it up a little, but like it was pretty genuine and that made for a better episode. Yeah. I'm never afraid to have egg on my face. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I might be afraid to let people understand just how much I stutter or say, um, but, uh, in, in terms of the, the, the broader, like, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fool. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I, I am not the guy out there making movies. So I'm more than happy to acknowledge the fact that like, I am not the pro in the scenario. Uh, and definitely if I have a screw up, well, I'll, I'll try to own it. Yeah. I mean, also what's fun about the show is the framework and the fact that it starts with discussing this, the movie, whatever the movie of the day is, and then pitching how you would improve it. Or if it's something like Die Hard or a few other movies where you've done, they just barely work. Like they just, they could have not worked, but they made it. They did work, but they had a lot of hardships. Like that's just kind of more than just describing how that could have happened. And than just appreciating the movie, which I think is just as interesting. Yeah, I mean, so both of those came from the, like, like what you were saying in terms of having like a conversational podcast. Um, another pass came from a, uh, a very well-regarded series of conversations I had with your fun and games co-host, Jeff Moonen, while mm. we were working at a theater company where we would talk about Star Wars movies. And we talked about everything because the, the two of us, if you put us in a room together, we'll, we'll, we will pass the time. Um, yes. But uh, we would talk about Star Wars movies and the prequels specifically and try to like pinpoint like all right let's say you're you're the producer for episode three and episode three only how do you make it work uh and and that mental exercise was really fun and when i started working with cpov it was like hey this is like these are conversations that stand out to me you know two or three years later at the time uh where i like i felt it was good content i still talk about a conversation i had uh about this about this thing uh, why don't we try it as a podcast episode? And then they were great. Uh, yeah. And that was like, you know, let's just make this a show. So like, those are conversations I want to have, like with people I want to have it with. Uh, like I'm always excited to m- meet and chat with new people. It's been a great opportunity to talk to people who I am uh, aware of online, but haven't actually had a chance to meet uh, or people who uh, I've spoken to briefly, but would love to have more time actually like getting to know. Uh, and it's a it's a good uh, vehicle for that, where you know because we can kind of just share 
share an intellectual thought about a piece of art and uh, assess it, you know, like nuts and bolts. Um, and then on top, uh, like to sort of like diversify the show, it was like, well, let's also talk about movies that like didn't do or like di- like didn't need it, like movies that like pulled it off, like movies that almost failed. So we can uh, sort of set a, a contrast. Um, and that's a more recent thing, but it was like, yeah, we can do it like every fifth episode. Uh, it's a good format. There's a lot of movies that we can like look back on and be like, man, uh, that almost was an abysmal failure. And, you know, we started with star Wars, the, like the original movie that was like edited back to life, uh, after the fact by Marshall Lucas. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, and we to show an example of like, yeah, like a movie can, can almost fail and, and actually write itself. Um, and so these are the ways that we wish that other movies could write themselves for sure yeah Yeah. like i'd thought about pitching bringing and this will go out in the ether now we can talk about it again later but like wonder woman for example the new movie not the newest one because wonder woman 84 which has a banging fucking trailer like just perfectly edited perfect music but anyway like the that first movie um while it had a lot of good going for it because of the legacy up to that point could have tanked it could have been terrible but it did it. It I feel like it pulled it off. It wasn't a perfect movie, but like the the performances were great, the music was great, like it was shot well, like but leading up to that, and so like those kinds of examples, like you said with the original Star Wars, like with Die Hard, I think it is important to look at these movies that we now laud as legends and remember, hey assholes, they weren't always that way. Like the current Star Wars discourse, which we're not gonna get into because we have better things to do. Um like it's good to look back at that old Star Wars movie and go this this like it's a legend now but it wasn't it it was it people thought it was going to fail nobody even took it seriously before it actually released like it could have been terrible and it's easy to forget that because we put movies on such a high pedestal now especially with the mcu and the dcuo or dceu or whatever it's called these days like it's just you know and star wars which is a franchise now um it's very easy to forget that these things sometimes were at one point a single thing that could have failed and happened to not. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like, every movie is a huge collaboration of effort from lots and lots of different people. And the finished product is, uh, you know, uh, there might be a a particularly controlling director or a uh, producer that has a lot of influence on it, but it's still a a collaborative work. Um, And I... I think it is remiss to discount movies that clearly had uh, a lot of strong thoughts going into it, a lot of like good effort going into it, just because it didn't stick the landing. Um, or even if they did stick the landing, but it could have been like a little bit better. You know, I, I think that yeah, uh, like it's because like the goal is not to bitch about movies or to like shit on right. anything. The, the goal is to be positive and, and talk about like creative or constructive criticism. For sure. I mean, it's one of my favorite things I think about the certain POV network is this idea that, like, we can talk about all these things that we love and still and not agree necessarily and still have a good conversation. I mean, my favorite thing to point out, because A, I like to pick on him even when he's not here, but Ben Milton and I don't always see eye to eye. In fact, we argue often about things that we don't agree with. But the difference is Ben's never saying that I'm less intelligent or, uh, you know, it's never, it never comes to blows as it were. It's always a fun conversation. And if we can't find common ground to agree, then we separate and that's fine. Like, I don't think there's enough conversation on the internet. And it does seem like that's the ethos of certain POV, right? It's creating 
I hate this word, content that is approachable and also not aggressively like gatekeepy. You know, like even Reignite could have been very gatekeepy because it's a specific franchise, but we created it in a way before we were in a part of certain POV, and I think it's why you guys wanted us to be a part of it, is this is the thing that we're talking about with love, and even if you haven't played it, we're giving you a way to, to follow along and engage in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I will, uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit, so we hadn't listened to any of the episodes of Reignite yet. I think only the first one had like just dropped when we uh-huh. first approached you about coming on. It was that there was this passion and the format, like the the, the elevator pitch was, was strong. It was like, oh, yeah. yeah, like a book club style for a video game. That's great. Like, uh, you know, especially a popular game that like was certainly in the wheelhouse of certain POV interests. Like I, I was a huge Bioware fan before that, just for the previous generation of games, like the like Knights of the Old Republic and Jade Empire, um, you know, it, like the that sounded like such a great idea. And, you know, as I point out, you guys got me to play through the Mass Effect games. And it was uh, such a great experience of 2019 that, like, when people have asked me my favorite parts of this past year, I'm like, I played the Mass Effect trilogy and uh, got to experience a thing that was well regarded, but, uh, like, that I had just missed and got to, like, really enjoy it and, and appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I, th- yeah. I think that creating that companionship was the goal. And again, all MJ's brainchild. Like, I'm along for the ride. I'm the idiot who doesn't take notes and barely knows what he's talking about. You know, MJ uh, runs that ship. But like, you know, I think what's also brought us closest friends because we predominantly, for the first year or so, had an internet r- friendship. And it was, we only met in person much later. And like, then we started to hang out more. And like, I came for MAGFest last year. I unfortunately missed it this year. Um, but like I think we have a common um, we're we're both relatable in the fact that we both want to engage in conversation that's fun for everybody. We don't want to have a conversation at the detriment of others involved, and I think that shines through for sure in your podcasting. I mean, shifting gears to the other show that you do, which is a Star Wars D twenty podcast, um, the Scruffy Nerf Herders, which because mm-hmm. of course it's called the Scruffy Nerf Herders. What else would you call it? Um, you're treating you're treating it's clear that you're treating the dming as like your story writer right it shows your that you're flexing your writing muscle but it's never designed in a way that if someone who doesn't play any d20 games would go oh well i don't understand how this works so i don't want to listen like the stories are created curated and the the podcast is edited in a way that it feels like an adventure that you can get some of the other details of the gameplay stuff but for the most part it's just designed to be an adventure yeah, so with like Scruffy Nerf Herders, that um, that that was me trying to figure out uh, the the sort of uh, mystery of what like what is properly DMing because I I had only uh, recently gotten into it and also wanted to do something that was like fun Star Wars um, and like sort of like play around with my ideas of it um, and like bring that all together and sort of like make that a podcast. Like I knew that there were other uh, like live play or real play games out there. Uh, I was a big fan of one called, at the time was called Drunks and Dragons. Uh, they've since renamed themselves Greetings Adventurers. Um, so I, I can't say that I'm like coming from scratch. Uh, but right. uh, it, it was figuring out my DM style. And it's still different than if I'm running a game because um, the, there are things like puzzles and fighting, like stuff that's like uh, game mechanics that I find uh, has a hard time to translate uh for one thing, theater of the mind, and for another, uh, 
um, to an audio listener. Um, and, and so it, it has sort of become like, all right, we're, we're putting together a story and you guys are going to make some choices that are going to be different. There's a little bit of rails in that I, I've got to like continue something. And if we're going to try to like build towards stuff, like I need to have at least like some big plot stuff that's going to be controlling like the trajectory. Uh, but I don't want to rob people of agency either. And like the times where we've kind of needed to, to stream, like to, to barrel down and like we got to get through this if we're going to get to this plot point by X date or something like that. Those have been times where I felt like it suffered. Um, the, but the, the the general goal of just like, yeah, we're going to exist in the Star Wars universe and come up with weird shit. Like, that's that's such a great idea. Like, why why doesn't everyone do this all the time? Because, like, if you like a, a intellectual property that has been contributed to by so many people, such as Star Wars, like, you can extrapolate lots of weird concepts and have people sort of uh, invest themselves in it. Uh like I had a lot of fun doing a like a bazaar early on, uh, where it was inside a former clone or not a clone, um, the uh, Trade Federation, like those the big donuts with the donut hole in the center. Yeah, uh, it had been converted into like an atoll, um, but the gravity centers were all like messed up, and so people kept on like walking around on different walls, and so there were like shops and different like on different axes from like what the major like uh, throughways were, and it was like fun because like those are things you can do in Star Wars because they established they have artificial gravity and they have you know ships of this shape and design, and um, it's like all right, so what what are all the crazy ways I can do things with this, and then make that a setting that literally they could never do on a mundane or a like fantasy based story. Like this only exists in sci-fi go and like, go have the conversation you want to have, but just like, give me the opportunity to like, give you weird stuff to like work with. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Like Ben ended up like hot wiring the, uh, the, like the security drones and was like controlling them, but had to like control himself at the same time. And like, the, you know, there was like lots of weirdness that happened. And of course that ended up being the, the one where they walked into the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the brothel that was uh, run by a Mount Calamari. That was a, uh, I'm wearing the shirt for at the moment. Uh, and they always reference the, uh, the shaved Wookiee uh, prostitute. But again, that was just like, how weird can we go? Let's go weird. Okay. Sure. I mean, it, it's definitely awesome when people let you play in that space. I remember one of the early Star Wars D20 games I did, my friend Matt was DMing, and I was playing a bounty hunter droid, and I stayed behind on the ship because I didn't necessarily hate my companions, but I didn't like them either. So I stayed on the ship, and then they got attacked by stormtroopers, and they were all standing under the ship's like door, like the, the drop to walk off the, the exit ramp. And so I... I hacked the ship and rolled something and, and got a natural 20. And he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to drop the ha- the ship door on these stormtroopers and kill them. And he said, you do that. They died. You make an entrance. And it was just, you know, that kind of thing is just so much fun and not a thing you get to see a ton in the actual Star Wars properties. So being able to do that and, like, listening to the show, I've jumped around a lot and I've listened to most of it, but, like, it's clear that you let them kind of run wild a little bit. Um, I sometimes feel a little bad for J. Mike because the quieter of all of you, it's clear that sometimes he kind of just lets it run, like lets them run out of gas and then goes, okay, here's what we're actually going to do. Like, 
if you yeah. guys are done. Yeah. Uh, so someone once su- uh, summed it up as my DMing style as being uh, a chicken style of DMing, where <laughs> I will I, I will push a scene as far as I can against a person t- to see who breaks first. Uh, <laughs> and it's 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 very much uh, like apparent in nerf herders it's even more so in uh, in other games that i've run uh like home games because i don't worry about someone listening in afterwards uh sure where it you can just kind of like go a bit insane um you, you know I, I had a lot of fun with with uh in other games with like mind switching and uh and like cursed items that the party ended up using to like torment each other uh akin to but not not the same as like putting whipped cream in a sleeping person's hand kind of things right um, sure yeah but just to sort of see all right like this thing exists how do we have fun with it um and for for me, part of that fun is to see if I can goad them into doing something crazy. Um, <laughs> and, and for the people who are trying to stay on point, it, it sometimes they have to remember that sometimes the point is we're going to have some crazy shit that happens up until we arrive at destination B. Uh, so maybe just embrace it. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So, you know, you've been podcasting a little while. You have some other stuff in the works. Um, what is it that you're looking to get out of podcasting now? You've been doing it for a while. Are you looking to build more shows because you want to you want to have no free time, or is it because, uh, or are you looking to like alter or shift or grow the show? I mean, we're all looking to grow the shows we're working on, but like, are you looking to focus on what you have now and kind of build them out, or are you still looking to expand and make more new things? Uh, I I think each show is its own animal. Uh, yeah. For that, I, like. I still see myself as a writer. I still have stuff that I'm working on. Um, and for another pass, uh, it's kind of an exercise for me to kind of uh, dust off the cobwebs and like look for my own blind spots. You know, if I look at a movie and I'm like, oh, they made this mistake. And then I realize that I'm working on a script with a similar thing. That's uh, really helpful for me. Um, uh, but in the meantime, it's kind of, like I said, it's a good exercise. It's it's fun to do, and it's been a, a good excuse to talk to people that I wouldn't get the chance to talk to otherwise. Uh, and, and, like, so in that scenario, it's that's the most personally rewarding show. Um, Nerf Herders, I really do feel like we're, we're working really hard at creating, like, a fun Star Wars story. Uh, and while it'd be interesting to try to like do something with it i don't know what i could do with it like without changing a lot you know it's 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 so innately star wars uh that i don't think you could really do that much without like losing uh either the property or having to like go back and like reinvent the franchise from scratch um and you know it's like it's a goofy kind of thing so it's not like i'm gonna pretend it's like high art or anything but i think it's a, a solid adventure like the first 50 episodes is one giant campaign. Uh, there's a couple breakpoints in there where like the the setting shifts a bit, but uh, it's one one story with like the same crew the whole time, and like that I think is great. And I, I like when talking to people who are just like enthusiastic fans, it's like, hey, check out this podcast and listen to that story. Um, but I think that's just that's like the fanfic author in me right there, where like I know that that's not gonna be a thing like that's that's not going to be a 50 shades of gray like it gets picked up into a book um but it might be a thing where uh if i'm working on something else like i i want it to be sort of like my 8-bit theater to eventually i'm going to have my atomic robo uh sure where like this is the the free thing that people can check out that's like a lot of those creative or like creative ideas a lot of the the 
the stuff I'm trying to do and maybe even like a better articulation of it, um, or at least of like what my sort of like sensibilities are, uh, that is just out there and it's raw, but it is uh, at the same time like consumable and easy to get to. And, and like I said, fun. Um, and then Men of Steel is just having a good time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, it's, it's an excuse to like go back and like look at stuff that I, that life gets in the way of, um, you know, it's really easy to fall down a rabbit hole of just like looking at YouTube videos, God forbid, like the same YouTube videos you've already seen. Uh, and at the same time, miss out on movies or shows or, or you know, uh, not participate in things that you really should have. Um, yeah. Like that's why I'm really happy that I played through the Mass Effect games because of you guys and men of steel is doing some of that for me. It's um, it, it is a little bit of a lower stress show than the other two. Uh, yeah. It, it, the production, I don't want to say production quality, but the, the, the amount of editing time is much lower. Uh, I, you know, wouldn't, when I am editing the episodes, I'm not as anal retentive about uh, the myriad ums and false starts to sentences or anything. Um, it's, it's just there to be like, like that was a cool thing. Yeah, that was a cool thing, and and just talk about it. Uh, and it'd be nice to have it gain more listeners, so that I could have those con- kind of conversations with like bigger and bigger people in the industry. But sure. that's uh, like that would be a perk more than anything else. Um, and like I said, it's just it's more just to kind of, like all of it's kind of just to keep me uh, fresh and and practiced on things that I do care about, even if I'm not working as much towards that in my day job but uh it you know there's only so many times it can be like yeah i'm working on a script until i actually have to finally sit down and write it and if a lot of people have heard it eventually uh they're going to start asking me about it and then i actually have to do it so yeah so, that's true uh, you know it helps me it helps me stay honest and uh honest about a bunch of different types of things yeah i mean i relate to that the reason i've performed on stage at all at the burlesque shows that i've been a part of even with sans stripping is because listeners have been like well you said you're gonna do this and you always bring this up are you gonna do it and so you know a thing that i don't know that i would do again but i did it once and i did it once because i said i would and people helped me to it which is i think a really you know it's why i've become a twitch affiliate and why i stream is because i kept talking about it and then i met folks at magfest last year who were like dude you're overthinking it just do it who cares like no there are no rules just do it and sometimes you need someone to tell you that and again, it's this this conversation we have both with listeners and with other podcasters that you kind of go, oh, yeah, that thing that I thought I couldn't do, I can do it because that person's doing it. And like we have similar we're at similar stations. We have similar gear like I can do that thing. And like that's just been really fascinating to me to see happen. Um, before we wrap up, uh, I have a pretty cliche question. Um now that you have three shows under your belt, you've been podcasting for many years, and you've been producing podcasts to some degree across the network, helping folk, guesting on shows, being on other shows, what is one piece of advice you'd give to people who want to start a podcast that they might not know or have thought of that you've learned as you continue to grow and create these shows? Uh, the biggest thing that I have found is, uh, be prepared for the, the massive amount of time it takes to both find a rhythm and then actually get through podcasting. Like, um, speaking as a person who does edit a lot of his own shows and, and yes, Matt, you have helped me out a lot on another pass, but, uh, it's very easy to, uh, get sucked into an episode and find that you spent your whole week working on one, 
uh, mm-hmm. which sucks if you have two others that are coming out that same week. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I would say both banking episodes is important and figuring out uh, what your editing process is. Uh, if you can do it in stages, that's awesome. I have a hard time doing it, um, but you can definitely not multitask while working on it because if you're actually listening to a podcast, you it's you can't really be reading something else or doing anything no. like that. So just be prepared for that time sink. And so that's that. I like bank episodes when you can figure out a schedule that you can actually do and not just one that you can do when you're sprinting, like one that you can fall back to as well. Like, uh, it's, you know, it, it wouldn't be impossible for someone with a chunk of free time to bang out like three or four episodes and be like, I can keep this pace up. Uh, but it is a very different story to keep that pace up, uh, year after year. Like this is my fourth year of doing another pass and nerf herders and, you know, you, you figure out shortcuts, you figure out ways to get ahead of yourself when it's slow because, you know, you won't be able to when it's busy. Um, but just understand your schedule and and not just, oh, I can achieve that, but like I can do it even when stuff is going on that's sort of getting in the way. Yeah, I mean, that that's legit. That makes sense. Um, I My now retired Crash Course podcast was weekly, and we reviewed an album every week. We The recording and listening process took five hours every week, and then there was editing. And so I get that. Like, I've had thoughts when I bank enough of autographs to go, oh, this could be a weekly show. I could do this every week. And then I look at the alternating weeks when I have three shows coming out. Although, thankfully, I don't do all of that editing. I do only some of it. Um I think that ha- understanding your schedule and understanding what you're capable of makes a lot of sense. Um, I will definitely piggyback on your suggestion of banking episodes. If you are making a podcast, bank 10 episodes. It sounds like a lot, but that way if you you could go 10 weeks without or 20 weeks without recording anything, but also it gives you the freedom to edit the structure how you want. Um, you know, change the order of where you're airing things if it's evergreen. Like, just give yourself that room. The worst thing you can do is launch a podcast and have nothing banked because then you'll be scrambling probably for months before you get ahead of it. Yeah, especially when your show is first coming out, um, it's difficult to talk to people about a thing that isn't in existence yet. Yeah. Uh, like, for me, now that I'm, like I said, year four of another pass, I can approach people and be like, I have a show. Here's the website. Here's all the episodes I've done. Uh, would you like to come on? And that's an yeah. easier conversation than when it was like, I have a show coming out. It's get, Someday it's going to come out. Would you want to sit down and talk to me? Um, it's a very different kind of thing. Um, and so when you, when it's first coming out, even if it's like, I'm going to record a segment or something like that, uh, like I, if it's a new show, but you want to be able to like talk to people who know something about some sort of subject matter, like an interview kind of thing, uh, just to be a segment to fill up some of the time of the episode, that's not a bad way to do it. Uh, you know, anything you can do to, to, like we were saying, get ahead of the process so that even if you're only doing the bumpers, like that's a lot easier than doing the whole episode two days before it's actually supposed to go up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I used to try and work the bumpers and the closings into the show and while i still have something that i have someone everyone say at the end of the show like for the most part i'd much rather record those separately because it allows me to also come back to what i did with kind of like a fresh brain after having lived it so to speak um because while i don't listen to every episode that i do i listen enough to edit it and i also 
I skim through it to hear the highlights because I genuinely love every guest I bring on the show. Like that's why I bring them on. Um, even if they're people who I've never met before that a publicist sends me, like if I don't like their work, I'm not going to bring them on to talk about it because I don't want to, it doesn't mean their work's bad, but I don't want to have to lie or say I like it or pretend or like, you know, all that stuff because the show isn't at a level where I need to do that. Right. I still have the mm -hmm. full creative control. Um, well, case, thank you. For being on the show, I appreciate you uh, stepping in. Before I have you sign us off, um, tell everyone listening where they can find you on the internet and the stuff that you do. Yeah, so uh, as we spent most of this time talking about, I do a lot of podcasts. They are all part of the Certain POV family, so you can find all of that at CertainPOV.com. Um, again, the three shows are Another Pass, which is a movie analysis podcast. Uh, for the most part, we're talking about movies that uh, didn't, do a perfect job when they first came out and tried to have creative and constructive conversations about what could have been done to improve it. Uh, could be a, a good movie, could have been a bad movie. The goal is to, to come up with something better at the end uh, without it being just a, you know, like I said, a, a shit session. Uh, Scruffy Nerf Herders is our Star Wars D20 game. I am the dungeon master for that and the editor for the show. Uh, right now we are in a sequence of uh, mini arcs for people, but the first 50 episodes was like one big story with the main crew, and uh, now we're kind of jumping around, but we are uh, working towards a larger story, so if you stay tuned, uh, you will be rewarded. Uh, and lastly, we have Men of Steel, which is our Superman podcast, and it's mostly appreciation. You know, it's... Uh, here, here's a fun movie. Let's let's talk about how much fun it was. Or here's a, a great story arc. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, but all that's at certainpov.com. Uh, there you got a link to our di our Discord server. You can come chat with me and with everyone from Certain POV. Uh, we really enjoy it. And we you know if we can have a good conversation online or over a voice call for some of these shows or whatever, great. Because like half the half the goal I think for me with Certain POV is just to engage with people and find out what they're thinking about all these different properties and, and subjects. So uh, please come chat there, certainpov.com. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I will say if this th if this doesn't pitch you on our Discord, I don't know what will. We have Star Wars discourse that isn't toxic or belittling. It is actually genuine. And I don't know anywhere else on the internet that isn't face-to-face -face conversations where I found that. So... If you like Star Wars, that's a good reason to join us. Um, again, Case, thank you for being on the show. Um, you've become a very good friend, and I love all the stuff that you're doing, and I'm glad that you were able to take the time. Uh, the last thing I do is have everybody say our sign-off for the show, which is music is life and life is good. So if you could say that and wrap us up, we will go on into that good night. Absolutely. Again, Matt, thank you for having me on. Music is life and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit weburlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good.